0: Good morning, good morning, I'm glad to have you guys here with us today. Uh, if you are in Kidmo, we're actually going to stay in here today, uh, we're going to all stay together as a family and Scott and I are going to share some things with you uh, that we're excited about what has happened in the past and what is coming up in the next year. Um, before we do that though, I just wanted to say I appreciate uh, you all being here. There's a reason uh, that we usually don't meet the last Sunday of the year, and it's usually because people are still vacationing, um, and it gives our our crew a break and our volunteers a chance to break. Um, that's a polite word for being hung over, isn't it? Vacation. Well, so I, I wasn't going to say that, <laughs> um, but uh, that's but we do uh, really. <laughs> throwing me off already. Uh, I knew this was a bad
1: idea. See, <laughs> a bad idea.
0: So, what we intend for this to be is a casual conversation that we want to share with you. And it didn't start out this way, but over the last week, Scott and I had, we I don't know, we were on the phone a lot this yeah. week, of different things going on in people's lives and uh, what's going on here at Journey. And we just decided, you know, we ought to just go up here and just share both of those from our hearts and where we've come from, where we are, where we're going. And uh, give you a big picture and let you hear from both of us. Um, I do want to make one quick announcement before we jump in. And that is in two weeks, we are having another event with a group of churches and organizations in town called Pray Chattanooga. And there's about 60 churches, and uh, it includes some government agencies and some different groups around town, some other nonprofits that have chosen to come together and pray for our city and to be the body of Christ together. We held an event on the one-year anniversary of the shooting in Chattanooga uh, in July of last year. And we had about 800, 900 people showed up for that. And it was really a great night of prayer and coming together. Um, lots of different people took part in that event. And so we're doing that again. That's going to be in two weeks. It's, and uh, Stewart Heights, um, their Hickson campus, which is right across from Crystals, they are, have offered to host this event. Uh, it's going to be on January 15th, which is typically Sanctity of Life Sunday. And uh, when our our planning team got together, we decided, you know, we really need to do something that's beyond just sanctity of human life. Because what often happens in the church is we get focused on the issue of abortion, but there are so many issues about life out there that we need to be addressing. And so the event is called Life United, and our hope is to develop a culture of life in our city where our church comes together. We're going to be praying for and striving to see life elevated both from the birth of children to caring for those who choose to have children, but that's a hardship for them, um, all the way through life, dealing with issues like depression, uh, mental illness, suicide, um, including end-of-life issues as well. So what we desire to do is embrace a culture of life, um, and the church should be at the forefront of that. So invite you to That's going to be 5 o'clock, January 15th. That's in two weeks. Additionally, at that event, we're going to have a room full of of organizations that are going to be there, that if uh, there's an an issue you're struggling with, that you can just go and meet and find some resources for your own life or someone that you may want to bring with you. So it's going to be a great night, and I do hope that you will come and be with us.
1: Um, We haven't done a state of the church in a long time.
0: It's been a while,
1: but before we start that, yeah, we should introduce ourselves. We never do that. Okay. Mark Love, you, you probably, I mean, people probably wonder our roles <laughs> Mark Love is in a traditional church role, what we would call our lead pastor, and I'm Scott Pollard, and I'm the associate pastor. What that means is I do the stuff he doesn't want to do. No. <laughs> but is no. that what that uh, means? Yeah. <laughs> do, yeah, here guy? you go. Yeah. Write, yeah, yeah, write that down. No, seriously, because so, sometimes people ask what, what our roles are. We didn't start this with roles in mind, really. We started as a partnership or something, that we're going to go into that here in just a second. Um, where we just wanted to come together and, and lead various aspects of a spiritual community. And there's some things that fit my personality better and my work schedule better, and there's some that fit Mark's better. And so that's kind of how we wound up where we're at. So um, for years, I don't think I even, I don't, I don't even know where my business cards are, but I think I've got a title on them. I'm not sure.
0: Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it is either. So, I'm sure so, they're right here somewhere.
1: So, So we don't worry about those sort of things anymore.
0: Yeah. So what what we wanted to do is there are three main things we want to talk about with you this morning. For those of you who are fairly new to journey, uh, we want to talk about where we came from. Um, additionally, we want to talk about where we are, what's happened in the last year, and 2016 uh, you may for you be have been a great year. Maybe it wasn't, um, but we want to talk about what was 2016 like for us, and then we want to share the third thing: where are we going in 2017? And all of that, I, when we when we started talking about what we were going to do this morning, we decided that we really needed to talk about where we came from. The reason being, where we're going is the same place we wanted to go when we started. Nothing has changed in that regard, but we don't always talk in those terms here. And so what Scott and I, when we came together, Journey was was born out of several visions that came together at the right time. and. It was literally we. The decision to start Journey was made at Loopy's on Hickson Pike, uh, which was we still yeah, go. And which meet is still go, our office. <laughs> still where we often go and meet. Um, but as Scott has mentioned, we both come from backgrounds within the church, but we felt like God was moving us to something different. Uh, I, I came from a background of pastoring a couple of very traditional churches, one in Maryland and then another one here in Chattanooga, and through my my time with those churches. I found my heart was drawn very much to those outside the church. And so much of my ministry was geared towards reaching those people and spending time with those that don't know Christ. Not that I don't love people that know Christ because you're my brothers and sisters, but uh, you already have a, a leg up. You're already moving in that direction. The Holy Spirit is active in your life and this gives you that tool. But if someone who has not yet come to that realization really needs someone to walk with them through those steps and that can take time. And so, as my heart began to move more and more towards that, and Deidre's as well, uh, began journaling about what does the ch- what does it look like to be the church today? Because the church I'm pastoring is churches have been like that for decades. But what does it look like? Is it that? Or is it something else? And so that was a journey that I had come through, and uh, I know Scott, yeah. you went through a similar journey. Yeah,
1: my, mine coming up uh, from from a early childhood being raised in church primarily by my grandparents. My parents were both Christians, but had become turned off by the church. Um, some of the church politics, some of the things that, that you don't see going on here at Journey, there's a there's a reason for a lot of that. And some of it comes from my desire to not have a church like my parents fled from. Uh, some of the things that, that would happen there, my dad was was working and he was in a job where you had to work Sunday sometimes, and that was probably a little more uncommon in the 60s than it is today, but they, would, they told him, well, if you have enough faith, you should just stop and quit your job, and, and God will provide for you. How many of you are going to quit your job today for that reason? Not too many people do. It gave them a bad taste of church. They felt like it was very legalistic, that there were rules and stuff. Even in the scriptures, we see where Jesus and his disciples are going through the fields, and they're feeding themselves on Sunday, and the Pharisees come and And condemn them for that and jesus then gives them a lesson in that and so kind of that's where my my earliest thoughts of what's this church thing all about and i was raised in a a very conservative baptist church uh and went with my grandmother (laughs) primarily that's that's where i learned to sleep through sermons you can do this she was famous for that she would be up there on the front row every week doing this you know but most of the time, I didn't even stay for the worship part. We had Sunday school. Some of you may be familiar with that term. And I would go to that, and my dad would come pick me up, and we'd go to Kay's Castle after we get an ice cream and go home. I liked the Sunday school part. I liked the fellowship. I liked being with my friends. Unfortunately, it was a small church. It was me and my friend Wesley went through every year together until we got to high school. It's like, okay, here's the boys' class. It's me and him you know, because it was age and and divided divide between males and females, so, you know, we came up together in that environment. But I always enjoyed that part of the activities and things and being around people, but there was always something missing for me. It was it was always very formal. It was things that I didn't feel like any of my friends. They, you know, I always invite your friends to church. I said, well, they're not going to come to church and watch Mama sleep, you know. <laughs> There's not a lot here that they're going to be interested in. So, you know, I started kind of searching. Karen and I got married in 1983. And so from that point on, I went to church with Karen, and her church was very similar from what mine was. It was actually a little more formal uh, than my church even was. It was an independent Baptist church, and they they tended to be even more conservative than the church background I came from. And I still felt something was missing here. I had a desire, just like Mark did, to see people outside the church community come into the church so they could know Christ, and they could know what living a life for Christ was all about. The problem was didn't know how to do that i i I had no idea how many of you were raised in church from an early age good percentage of you how many of you all of your friends went to church with you or a lot of them that was one of my issues all of my friends and all my acquaintances were church going people well it's not exactly easy to invite people to church that are either already going somewhere else or going with you and i'm like well god what does this mean to invite people so we got to searching for ways to do that, and, and through friendship with another fellow, we, we started investigating, what if we did something that everybody would come to? that's not necessarily church-related, but sponsored by the church. So we did a car show. That's one of the things we wanted to do. And we thought, this is a way that we can have people come to the facility. They can see it's not really weird, that we're normal people just like them. And when they come to this, it's a neutral ground. We can talk about something we have in common, invite them to church, and that sort of thing was a great idea it worked well the car show grew we had hundreds of cars one of the most successful car shows in the area there was only one problem nobody came to church because of it when you came to something like this you think this church is out of the box they're doing something different than everything and then when you went to the worship service you felt like it was 1972 all over again and one of the things that i had learned through that in in studying and really praying over what what i i needed out of church to that I felt to reach people was, I had a burden to reach men, to see men come into the church. And typically, the only way you see men come into the church is if women come before them and they drag their husband with them. The environment was very different there. Um, You know, you had a lot of ladies leading ministry stuff. Guys were, were not around, and my burden was to see a church where men could lead as men in church. And so I started, you know, asking myself, what does that look like? And I'm thinking, you know, there's, there's a lot of different elements to this. When we started out, we were we looked a little bit different than we do today. We've changed. I was thinking this morning the only thing we haven't changed are these cheap IKEA cheer, chairs that we uh, bought I mean, the first year that uh, you know we're we're still morning. using. But we've changed some things as we've gone through ministry, and God's taught Mark and I things about about how to do this. But you know, in, in getting back to that, my desire has always been to see men in church, and I thought, well, why aren't they coming to church? Some of the things that we were reading, things was atmosphere. It was a very feminine, dominated atmosphere in your church. How many of you ever went to a church that looked like a funeral home? Think about it. You got the brass iron over here. You got the plants. You got the flowers on stage. You've got all these trappings and things that most of us that grew up with it just think that's what church looks like. You bring somebody else in from outside, and they're like, "What? what's all this? This is like where I went to a funeral at, and the music was slow and solemn sometimes, and it's like, Wow, I don't get this. And so that was one of the first keys in my mind is churches got to look different. I said, well, why does it look this way? And so much of it was wrapped up in tradition instead of teaching. The thing, same things were taught every week. That, and it just, what I was seeing was the people that I associated in, in life, that is, is God brought me tons of people into my life through the car show community that didn't go to church and I looked at how different they were from the people that went to church. And I'm like, here's the problem is these two groups don't gel at all. There's no common ground. There's no there's no way this guy, you know, he doesn't wear a suit and tie. He doesn't own a tie. He can't come into this church on Sunday morning. He's going to feel like an outcast. And so... Just trying to think through what those things looked like, it even started broadening my horizons. to. There's something fundamentally different about the way I'm seeing church now. What's God trying to tell me? And what he was trying to tell me was people need Jesus, but they also need to see Jesus as a real person in their lives. Jesus is not an 11 o'clock sermon every week that you go home and feel good about yourself. Jesus is what gets you through every week at your job, with your family, with your, tri- with your trials and troubles. And that's what I wanted Journey to be. When Mark and I got together, we we recognized the fact that there were people outside the church that we longed to see come to Christ, and we longed to see them come to the church. But it wasn't to just grow this big organization where we have these numbers, but it was to see people who were suffering in life find that there was a different way to lead their lives, and that's how I got started on this. Yeah,
0: and what we we saw and what many of you have seen and experienced or maybe have gone through yourselves is that if you are really struggling in life, you may not be welcome in a lot of places. Um, if you, don't, you know, A lot of people will c- come to a church and say, I-, I feel like I have to get my life together in order to be a part of the church. Well, that is never how Jesus operated. Jesus never expected a person to get cleaned up to be presented to him. He wanted authenticity. He wanted them to come as they were, and he always addressed them for what's really going on within their lives. And so we felt that the church needed to be like that, And, and so our, our hope and our desire was to create a place where you could come no matter who you are, no matter what you look like, no matter whether, you know, how you dress or you know, there, there would be nothing about you that you would either be accepted or ostracized based on anything but the fact God loves you and we want you mm-hmm. to be here. And so that is the environment that we began right. with, with the hope that a person would come to know what we had experienced yeah. in our lives. That there is a God who loves us, there is a Savior who gave his life for us, and having a relationship with him is the most important and the greatest thing you can have within life. And so our hope was we want to bring these people that are sometimes being shooed out of churches and let them come in and experience this for themselves because that is what we believe it means to authentically follow Jesus. Not only to know him, but make him known amongst others. And what we hear over and over is uh, from people that come and visit is it feels, feels very welcoming or, you know, I could come and be myself, and, and that's what we want. Sometimes people come in and they're very, you know, kind of quiet and off in the corner. I'm just looking, experimenting. I'm not sure that I want to be a part of this, and that is fine. That is also the kind of environment that we wanted. But along the way, our hope was is that we would be able to accept people from where they were and we could lead them to know Christ in a deeper way every time we got together. And so that was our hope for the church. And our motto has been on our website, it's on everything we've done just about, love God, love people, period. Now, we're not... We didn't come up with that. Clearly, you know, if you have any experience with other churches, that is probably the motto in some form or fashion of 90% of the churches that are out there. They
1: all stole it from us. but
0: Yeah. <laughs> Even the ones that started before us. But uh, and, and and quite honestly, we, we had over a dozen churches start with us in Chattanooga. And as far as we know, Journey's is the only one that's still here, not because we're better, not because our vision was all that grand or not because we just had this big benefactor, but we do believe that our hope was not just to start a church, to do something different, not just to have a show that we thought was fun, but instead our hearts were to lead people to know Christ, and God has watched over us over those years and brought people alongside of us in order for this ministry to continue to move forward and to continue to follow along in
1: these paths. Um, and one of the, the the things I'm just sitting here reflecting on is, is loving people. You know, we we talk about loving you where you're at. That includes loving broken people. People that don't have it all together that are really struggling in life. And I think that is the biggest surprise to me in ministry is how many broken people there are and we didn't even realize it. Right.
0: Right. And and many that yeah, we assume are just perfectly fine because we've been trained to, to not show people what's really going on inside of us, which is exactly how we get stuck and we don't move forward mm-hmm. in knowing Christ. Um, one of the, the things about this goal, this idea, is that God is preeminent above all things. Anything we could ever want, anything we could ever dream up, anything we could ever strive for, God is preeminent. And as we seek to love God, one of my favorite passages comes out of 1 Peter. And this is 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning with verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. God is preeminent above all things. No matter what I want to plan in life, no matter what I want my career to be, no matter where I want to be by the time I retire, no matter what I want my life to be remembered as, none of it matters when it comes to the arena of who God is. He is worthy of us worshiping him, loving him, patterning our lives after his teachings, sacrificing for others because that's what he did and showed us how we should do that as well. He is the one that is driving all of who we are and to know him and to truly love life, even when you are grieved by various trials, that comes at a place where we are able to see God for who he is and have true joy, even when life doesn't always work out the way we want. So our goal has been to love God. Without that component, nothing else matters. Our worship services don't matter. What we do on stage doesn't matter. The Bible doesn't matter. Without him, he is the only one that brings meaning to all of this. And so he must always be preeminent within our lives. That's why You won't find on our website, you won't find when we talk to you about membership, you won't find a long list of beliefs you have to agree to in order to be a part of us. You'll find a very short list. And one of those is that God is preeminent, and another one is that His Word is inerrant. We follow His Word. And so those two things keep God where He should be and keep us where we should be, yet we are always striving to know Him and to grow closer to Him. But loving God... It can look different for different people. Just like you may love your spouse differently than someone else loves their spouse. We can we may feel a little bit differently, we may express it a little bit differently, but it is something that has to be central to everything we are and everything we do. The second part of that motto is simply this, that we love people, which I think Scott has done a good job in sharing what we think a part of that looks like. And um, well, we have been blessed over the years, to have some good leaders, people who are willing to sacrifice and give, people who have financially invested in what we're doing here. You've brought your children, some of you who have gone out and you've invited everybody that you know, and, you know, to say, hey, come be a part of this thing. We have really been blessed that we have an opportunity to love people. But we have found that loving broken people, it can be tough. And it's, fun to talk about, and a lot of people talk about it in church. Well, if,
1: if you have friends that are pastors or in ministry, that's that's all they talk about is how, how we want to reach these people, these people that are you know, so far away from Christ, and we want to reach them. Well, they start developing relationships with them, then they don't know what to do mm-hmm. because it's very different. Most of us that get to this point in ministry, and I won't, I won't say all of us by any stretch of the imagination, but if you get to the point that you're a pastor somewhere in ministry, a lot of us have had a lot of religious upbringing in that past. And those people that we've been hanging out with don't look anything like the people we're trying to reach and it's it can be a little it can freak you out a little bit right i mean it, there there are things that you know our church deals with that I would say a lot of churches in our area do not deal with simply because we want to we want to help you there's no problem, no burden, no anything in your life that surprises Jesus, and we don't want it to surprise us either. We want to take that in stride and and teach you through loving God how that can change your life.
0: Right, right. And so we really do believe that is what God has called us to. We're not called to be the best church in town. We're not called to be the biggest church in town. We're called to follow him and lead others to do the same. And whatever that looks like is what we're going to end up being. Um, So 2016 has been an interesting year for us. In 2015, fall of 2015, we moved here to a new facility, and uh, I wanted to share with you just a few of the things that have happened um, in this last year. So for our 2016 in review, um, just kind of setting you up for where where we headed, we celebrated our first year in this new location. So it was a big move for us. It was a financial uh, burden to take on because it was more expensive than where we were meeting before. And we, we have enjoyed being here. We've met some of you because we've been in this neighborhood. And we moved out of a commercial section of town and moved into a residential. That was one of our, our, our hopes was to be in more of a residential area. This area is, is a bit of a challenge. It's one of the largest populations of young families and singles and college students of anywhere in the city. That makes it a very transitional place in town because often they are moving this is just a stop on the way to somewhere else but we have the opportunity to build those relationships and we built a few of those not as many as we would like but we have built some of those relationships and we continue to want to strive those um every every year
1: just out of curiosity how many of you have only known journey since we've been in this facility how many of you have only been in this facility That's a good portion of you so, several <laughs> Excuse me, another
0: thing that we have seen in two thousand and sixteen, which is a huge core value for us, is that we are serving each other, and this is crucial, and some of you come from church backgrounds where this is a very crucial thing for you when you 've been a person who 's willing to serve and you 're amongst people who are not willing to serve. you get tired real quick uh, when you 're giving out and you're you 're sacrificing and you 're there and And you feel like you're kind of all alone, then you start thinking, this is too much. Why am I doing this? At least a
1: church burnout.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. it it does. And that often leads to the reason that people will leave one church and go to the next. I'm I'm kind of tired of doing everything myself. And so what we are excited about are the number of people that have uh, come in and have begun serving this year. But the percentage of people that attend here um, that serve is very high. (coughs) Our largest um, volunteer area is our children's ministry. And the majority of adults will serve at least once a month. And so we're thankful for that and we're thankful that you are willing to do that. Um, Another part of what has happened in the last year is that small groups continue to be a vital part of our church. Uh, We know that when you come here on a Sunday morning, we are not such wonderful teachers and such wonderful worship leaders that you are just imparted with life-changing things every single Sunday. Now, we like to think that. I'll be honest. We like to think that, that when you leave here, man, they are so blessed by what I just gave them. But we know within our hearts, but that's not how life works.
1: In reality, we're just glad you come back in spite of us.
0: (laughs) And and to be honest, we do have conversations. They won't be back after this week. And and you do. So we're thankful for that. Um, Excuse me. And so small groups is really remains one of our most crucial things that we do because it moves you beyond what you're doing right now, sitting, soaking in, watching, taking it in, and it moves you into an active place in relationship with other people. We can't love people without loving people, right? And we can't love people by being disengaged. So we have to engage with people, and small groups are one of the best ways that we do that. And Quite honestly, we have a large number of you that are involved in small groups in one one place or another um, that attend on a regular basis. And so we're excited about that. But it is the key to growing in the church. I don't mean by the key to growing a big church. We hoped that this would be a huge church at some point, full of people that did not know Christ and then did. And now they're growing in their faith and leading us to do the same. That's not been God's plan for us. Now, we're okay with that. What we're not okay with are people that are regularly spending time with us and are not growing in their own faith. We're not okay with that. We believe God moves us at his own pace, but we have to be responsive to the way that God is moving. And so.
1: And we also recognize your pace is not our pace. That's right. It's it's a very individual growth, and God treats us all as just, just as you that are parents you know the personalities of your children and you know where to push them, where to give them leeway. You know that child's personality. God knows our personalities and knows we're all different too. Thus, he has a different path for all of us, I think, as far as what that growth looks like.
0: Right, right. But we do know it looks like iron sharpening iron, people coming together and teaching each other. And so we want to encourage that to continue to, to develop. We want you. We, we need, coming in and <coughs> jumping ahead a little bit, we need to develop some additional small groups, different parts of town, different age groups. As we've seen in the last few months, a large number of younger um, singles and college students have begun visiting. But we don't really have a group for them. And so that's an area that we've got to develop moving into this new year. Um, but small groups are still doing really well. Um, what I do know is that growth in your own personal life is a choice you do actually have a choice whether you're going to grow in your faith or not. You have a choice in the way your attitude is towards the people around you and what your attitude is when you are with a church family. Now, you may not be able to choose that today I'm not going to deal with the things I dealt with yesterday. Today I won't struggle like I did yesterday. That may not always be a choice, but choosing to grow, that is a choice. That choice always leads to action. I'm going to have to probably give up something else to focus on growing, but the value in growing and knowing Christ more is so much better than anything I would have to give up. The small groups, another key. Uh, another area, I'm sorry, I'm dealing with, I don't, we're passing something through our house, but another thing, yeah, get out of here. Uh, an, cough drop? Sure, I'll take a cough drop, thank you. It's not laced with anything, is it? Not ready to go home early. <laughs> it's got like a sleeping agent in it. I'll be knocked out here in a minute. Thank you. A coding Tiffany.
1: cough drop. How about that?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm not giving him mouth to mouth if he passes out, y'all. <laughs> Thank you. Praise the Lord for that. All right.
0: Another thing that's been great in 2016, as is regularly, has uh, been your involvement in missions. We've always wanted missions to be a priority here at Journey. Now, we are not the largest church, we are by far not the wealthiest church, um, but we are a church that believes in giving to others. And so, over the last um, year, let me just say this first, I shared with you about three months ago that financially we were in a trend that was not positive. The trend was that we were not bringing in enough in giving to meet our needs. Now, you need to understand with our needs, and we'll have a more in-depth conversation on this later, our needs are, we're pretty cautious on how we spend around here. We don't spend a lot of money. And even for a church our size, our budget typically is lower than most other churches our size. When we moved in this facility, we knew we were taking on an additional financial burden that required our budget to grow. And our giving, while it wasn't dying, it was not keeping up with the increased expenses of this new location. And so I shared that with you about three months ago, that we're in a trend. It's not it's not like we're about to fold up shop, but we're in a trend that's not positive. And so if you are not being, you know, if you are not already giving, then we would encourage you to start doing that. And we have seen that trend begin to reverse, which I'm really excited about. I'm really excited about last month because we brought two opportunities for missions. And one was to continue funding a seminary in a part of the country that seminaries are not allowed, Um, training indigenous people. And we just found out last week or the week before that we're beginning to get reports that the students of this seminary and the leaders of this seminary are starting to see people giving their lives to Christ through their efforts. Now, we have a good number of people already in that. Um, That was born out of an excess of giving from last Christmas. We also had another goal to help a new ministry that we were just getting acquainted with. And Jessica was here with us a few weeks ago. I hope you were here for that week. called Nations, a ministry to refugees that are in the Chattanooga area. They work with about 100 refugees, and they had two needs. One was to help fund their Christmas gathering where they were going to share the gospel. And if you'll remember what Jessica shared, she really sees that our hope in getting the gospel into this community is going to come through their children, probably, not just through them. So this is a long-term effort. So they had a goal to begin sharing that message at a Christmas gathering because they don't celebrate Christmas where they came from. And, uh, and so we wanted to help fund that event. Plus, they, most of those refugees work in a processing plant downtown that is very cold, and they can't just go in with big, bulky coats, so they layer So we need the thermals. Well, as a result of your giving, so to this morning, uh, we have a total that's been given of $7,768 just for those two efforts. That means that the seminary will be fully funded for another year. It also means that not only were we able to cover the cost of that event, but every single refugee is going to have their own set of thermals to help them go to work through these cold months. So we're already in the process of providing those. That's fully funded. Now, additionally, what makes us nervous is often when we do missions giving, our giving to general budget sinks. And so what you were giving towards the church goes down as it is given towards missions. That doesn't really help us out. We're not really giving towards missions at that point. The church is just taking that money out of the budget. And so we encourage you, give on top. December... I, I don't have all the numbers yet, but it looks like December is one of our largest giving months of the year so far. So not only did you give a massive missions offering, you also were very generous to the budget of Journey, which again pushes us back to being in a healthier place moving into 2017.
1: Well, let's celebrate that, yeah. guys. We appreciate your generosity there.
0: <clears throat> and that is huge. That is absolutely huge um, for us as a church moving forward. And many of you who are new, who have jumped in both to attend and to serve and to give, um, we just are so thankful to have you, and I'm looking forward to the things that are coming up yeah. ahead.
1: And one quick thing I'd like to add about the seminary is because we don't talk about that a lot and don't give you a lot of details because we can't. It goes on in a in a region of the world that they would be greatly persecuted and perhaps even lose their lives if it was found out they were running a seminary. So there's a reason we don't say a lot about it, don't publicize a lot about it, but just just think about the impact they're having, and you're a part of that. Right,
0: right. Anytime we do mention where it's located, we always have to scrub it out of the podcast as well. Um, some other things we did in missions over over the course of this year, you helped provide six meals to Room in the Inn, which is another great ministry in town. We do that every other month, and we have another one in January. So the sign-up sheet's in the, in the back if you would like to do that. You guys are so generous in taking care of that. We had three work days with Widow's Harvest to go actually do work around the house of a widow here in town, um, which Widow's Harvest is another great ministry. Um, and then I've already mentioned 1040 and Nations. Additionally, we still um, do have an outreach um, with a, a benevolence fund. Those that need help paying bills, need help with food. And so we've been able to help several families and several um, homeless individuals in our community over the last Year, So we've had lots of opportunities to do that. As I shared with you in the last couple of weeks, um, we now have a food pantry, thanks to the efforts of Kathy and the Morin family. Uh, so we have a food pantry. If anyone that you know comes here and needs food, um, we can... We can take care of that, and we hope to to see that ministry grow
1: And that doesn't have to necessarily be somebody that you know is starving to death. Maybe it's be a family that you know their budget's very tight, and a few groceries would bless them. That's that's also the purpose of that food pantry. Especially when gas
0: bills and electric bills are going to be super high in cold months or super high in warm months. uh, It's often hard to absorb that. All right. So we're excited about all of those things. We wanted to share with you a little bit about what we've learned along the way. And one of the things that we know to be true and we have experienced in our our eight years as a church is that God is faithful. He is always faithful. I love in the video, God, the only thing that remains unchanged in our world is Christ and God. Same thing, three in one. I don't want to get my theology buffs all messed up here. But they, he never changes. And so we have an opportunity to see that God is faithful. He's faithful in, in leading us to go where we need to go. He's faithful in bringing people alongside for us to minister with and to minister to. And so God is faithful. God is still changing lives, and we've seen that. I love a lot of the testimonies that we had throughout Christmas. And so we're, we're thankful that God is still changing lives. And we do believe ultimately that the gospel is the most powerful message in the world. That's the only reason we're here there's only reason we need to be here with all the other churches around us is that the gospel is the most powerful message in the world, and we need to continue to share that
1: yeah I just saw this 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 one one thing in our notes about God changing lives you know there's a lot of things that go on because of the privacy and the nature of them I can't share with you that I see people's lives change but i can't I can't put that out in public but here's one i can't I can't tell you the name but i, I I'd just like to read this to you it says uh We had one member of our our chaos management group that was celebrating this year one year sobriety. Guys, that's a big deal. For somebody that's addicted to alcohol, pills, and has been for a lifetime, that's a huge deal. But this person is celebrating the year and says, well, you know, I can't take the credit. I just prayed the desired way, and Jesus Christ took care of the rest. Thanks, guys. It feels pretty, oops, bleep. says, oops, sorry for cursing. I'm a goof. That meant so much to me, though, because it showed honesty in somebody's life that, that has, isn't perfect. They're just like me. They still mess up. They still goof up. But they gave Jesus the credit. And that is a changed life, folks. That's a changed life through a ministry here. And even though you don't know that person, every one of you here is a part of that.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Um,
0: <clears throat> some of the things that we have learned along the way and that you have learned with us or that you will is that choosing to come to church is much easier than choosing to follow Jesus. Is there, there's a big difference in a culture where church is part of that regular attendance. Even though it's changing, that's still a part of our culture. There is a difference in saying, I am going to follow Jesus beyond it's time to go to church. Because a lot of people can go to church and never experience what it really means to know him and to follow his leading. And so that has been a hard lesson for us. Um, we've tried to make it somewhat difficult to attend this church. We need you to serve. We need you to give. And, you know, you can't disappear in a corner. There's not enough room to disappear (laughs) in. So we've tried to make it a little bit difficult, but we truly want to see people following Jesus, not just coming and sitting with us on a weekend. It makes us feel good up here teaching, but we know that that is not what our purpose as a church is.
1: You know, one of the other things I'm looking here through our notes is very few people don't have a church experience, you know, that have never been a part of a church. And, and you know, we live in what's called the buckle of the Bible belt. So we're actually ministering in a, in kind of a strange area. And and it's hard to, to be healthy sometimes because of that, because there are expectations that are put on us to look like other churches. You know, why didn't you have, you know, last Sunday was Jesus' birthday. Why didn't you have a, have a service? Well, because we celebrated that on Friday night. You know, when we believe there's some there's some room there for all of us to, to express our individuality and the things that you know we want to do as a church without being so stringent on you have to do it this way every time, every way. And so that's that's one of the things that I admire about you folks is you you go along with our flexibility and, and don't try and say, Well, we've never done it that way. Well guys, we change something almost every year. You know, this is the the new year and there'll be things you see this year are gonna be different than they were last year. And we do that because we don't, we don't want to get stud, stuck in a religious rut. We want to see you guys continue to grow. That's the reason we're here. We've, I hope we've expressed that this morning. This isn't for Mark and I. This is for you. We want to see you grow. And to do that, sometimes we have to make some changes uh, for the next year. Yeah. And one of, <coughs> excuse me, one of the harder things that, that we know
0: to be true is that you can't help someone that doesn't really want help. Right. It would be great... To be able to say, I'm adopting this person, and by the end of this year, their life will be changed. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Or by the end of this week, or by the end of today, whatever. It would be wonderful if we could, by our greatest amount of effort, make sure someone's life changed. Life doesn't work that way. If a person doesn't want help, we can't help them. And we have beaten our heads against walls. We have tried to convince ourselves that if we'll just care more, love more, be there more, have a better program... That we can help people, but ultimately the decision has to be by any individual, like this one that Sean, that um, Scott just read, is you know they have to make the choice that this is what I want for my life, and then we can be there to help them. We can be there to help push them in this direction, but they have to make the choice. That is a very difficult.
1: We can't make the choice for them, and we can't force them into it because. It won't last. It'll last about as long as the emotion to want to change lasts. Yeah. And that, that's the real problem is a lot of people make emotional decisions to follow Christ or to change their life, just like you may have made New Year's resolutions and things. You know? And it's funny, I've noticed even people start marketing on folks that want to make changes in their lives. You walk into Walmart, uh, up until, you know... Christmas Day, you've got candies and cookies and all this stuff. You walk in now and there's like protein shakes and all this stuff, for you're, you know, because you've got to lose all that weight you gain because you're going to hit the gym now and everything is catered to that. So even people at market notice how we desire change. But, you know, gym memberships are probably huge in January, but then in February and March they trail off. We don't want your life with Christ to be like that. We want a, we want a real decision that instead of tapering off, you don't taper off. You get more and more on fire and more involved as you go through life. And that's one of the things that, that we can't make you do that. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and that's some of the conversations that Mark and I have had this week. There have been hard conversations between he and I in some situations. Did we do enough in that situation? Did we do enough with those people? Did we listen to what was going on in their lives? And finally, we had to come to the realization, yes, we did. And there's not a thing we can do about it if they don't want to change. And that's a hard thing, guys. That's a hard thing when you see people going down a path that you've seen other folks go down and you know where it's going to lead to, but you can't get them off that path. And we continue to pray for them. We continue to do what we can for them. But guys, we have more needs here than all of us can meet too. (coughs) But our ability to be
0: effective in in reaching anybody, it has to do with the whole group because there's only so much that, that... your leaders can do, much, much of the ministry of the church is done by you. And we know that. And so anytime we celebrate something that's happened, it's because the whole body has been active in that. And so we want to continue to encourage that. I do want to share with you a few things of where we're going in 2017. And three words you're going to be hearing quite a bit over the next year. They're the words, connect, grow, and go. Uh, In these three words are three concepts that we hope for every person, both from them coming into Journey, whether you've been here for a long time, and where we want them to go as they have time with us. I remember when I became a Christian, it it was a radical experience for me. I knew God was real, I knew Jesus was real, and I needed him. I was so excited by this new realization that I wasn't doing life by myself, trying to figure this out, that he is real and with me, and he is active in my life. It was a radical thing, but I was scared to death to tell anybody about it. I didn't, want any, I didn't want that pressure. There are professionals out there that should do that, not me. I just want to enjoy this great thing that I'm experiencing, but that is not what it looks like to follow Christ. So there are three things that we really want to begin moving in a stronger direction in, and we want to focus our efforts because we know that you're not sitting around. Most of you, I don't, if any of you are, come see me. Most of you are not sitting around going, man, I wish I had something else to do. I know you're (laughs) not doing that. But the reality is for us to continue to make a difference in our community requires all of our attention. So what does it look like to connect? There are two ways to connect, uh, two primary ways that we want people to connect. Number one, we want to connect people to God because that is what's most important. You may not get connected to any of us, but if you're connected to God, that's a win, and God is going to lead you. He's going to continue to move you and where you need to go. Connecting with God is crucial. Now, that means continuing with authentic worship. I know some of you love the style of worship we do, and some of you have a different preference. Uh, We get that, and among leadership, sometimes we do things that is not necessarily our preference, but we believe this is good for the body. But we're going to continue in authentic worship that allows you to worship God fully. We're also going to continue in our environments. When I say environments, I mean in worship, children's ministry, small groups, anywhere. We're going to continue teaching and leading in a way that is meaningful. We we don't often come up and just repeat the same stuff over and over um, because we believe God has fresh words for us to hear and fresh ways for us to apply. But we are going to continue our children's ministry is not about daycare. It's not about just keeping your kid alive and happy while you're in here. It is about leading them to know Christ more. The younger they are, the less they're going to learn, but we want them to learn. God loves them. As they get older, we want them to see what does it look like to grow in their faith and their relationship with Christ.
1: And we certainly want to partner with you, and what that means is that means there's not just a small group of people leading those ministries and carrying that burden. We want to partner with everybody here to get involved in those ministries. You know, you may not think you can work with kids. I think you can. There's, yeah. a, there's a lot of things that, that we sometimes sell ourselves short on. I love working with the kids. I, I love Kidmo. Today was my day for Kidmo, and it kind of worked out that you guys are in here. And, and I think it's important that, that my younger friends in here, you get to hear some of what what the church is all about. And so you'll kind of understand why we do some of the things we do or why, why your moms and dads get involved in some of the things they do and, and maybe have to sacrifice some time with you to, to serve others. And that's that's this partnership idea where we're a community. And, and I don't want you to get the idea because you see things that look like they go off fairly well every Sunday, you know, without a big disaster, that we've got all the bases covered. There are room for partnerships in every ministry here at Journey. And, and we still need you to come alongside and partner in those areas.
0: Right, right. Uh, <clears throat> Connecting with God is most important, but a second is important for us as a church, and that's connecting with each other and connecting with those outside of our church. And so what that looks like, what we really want to see happen in 2017, is that we spend more time together as a community. Again, I know you don't have lots of time. I don't have lots of time. But it is important that we spend time together with our church family. And so the way that looks, a couple of ways, we're going to be doing some more kind of church-wide events where we can just be together and eat. Sometimes it'll just be lunch after church. Um, We'll continue to do events like the uh, car meets that we've been doing. We'll we'll probably do another Easter egg hunt this year. Um, We are going to be changing some things. Some of the programs we've done in the past we are probably not going to continue because they're not necessarily leading to these things that we believe are most important for the church. But we want you to continue to be connecting with each other. That means being here regularly. Now, this is going to be on the podcast because we knew a lot of people wouldn't be here today, but a lot there's a lot more than I thought would be here. I'm excited about that. We want you to be here regularly. You don't realize this, but sometimes the most important thing that happens on a Sunday morning has nothing to do with what happened on this stage. Sometimes Absolutely. the most important thing that happens on a Sunday morning is your conversation in the hallway. It's your sitting next to somebody who's new and talking to them, making them feel welcome. It's being available as a friendly face that they know this has been a rough week, but these are my people and I get to be with them. So it, that is crucial. And we know that you're busy. You've got lots of things going on. And it's easy just to say, oh, I'm just not going to go to church today. We don't want you to come just to come, but we want you to come just to come. Does that make sense? <laughs> you know, it is important that we are together. And even though the national average is that the average church go- goer goes only once a month now, once up to twice a month. We don't believe that we can fully connect with each other on that kind of a schedule. And so we want you to be here, and we want you to see your, your time here, not as just, I, I don't know that I need to get anything out of this today. Well, maybe not. You may be here to give today in ways Absolutely. you may not even realize. So that's, yeah, that's crucial it. for us as a church. Yeah,
1: oftentimes, guys, you may not see me in here. Uh, it's not that I don't like to hear Mark teach, Usually, I'm sitting over here with my family if I can make it in here. But often, I get stopped with somebody that has something really going on in their life, and they want me to pray with them. They want me to talk to them about it, you know. And it's not just me. I see other other members of our community having conversations. Somebody, gosh, it's just amazing what people come in with burdens on Sundays some days that you guys may never see looking forward here that's going on all around behind you out here and you know not encourage you to skip church to go out and talk in the hallway to somebody but sometimes that might be the most important thing you do mm-hmm. and we realize that and, and we want to continue seeing you grow in those areas
0: yeah we also want to continue to grow our ministry to our guests that's our the guest reception ministry we've been talking with you about coming together and providing a welcoming place because some of you who you recently have been a first-time guest. You know it can be a little, you know, anxiety-ridden. And so a good guest, you know, we have some wonderful greeters. We want to take that a next step and being able to welcome them, let them know what it's like to be at Journey and how they can get involved. And so we want to really develop that coming into this new year. We also want as I've already mentioned, encourage some more small groups. More small groups means more small group leaders. Now, we already have more small group leaders Then we have small groups. So we have the option to create some new small groups uh, starting in this next semester. And so it may look like opening your home. It may look like you opening, uh, you know, to become a small group leader down the road. We have found that if we just say, hey, come to a small group, a lot of people don't respond. But if you walk up to somebody and say, come to my small group with me, they often respond. And so sometimes starting a small group just looks like inviting people to come together and we will help you. We will be there to help you grow in that and help you with all the pieces that that make that work. So we do want you to connect with others. Another um, important component is that we do grow. Growing is why we're here. If we're not growing, then there's no reason for us to be here. We can go anywhere and not grow. If we're going to be here, that really needs to be what is crucial to where we're headed. Everything that we do is planned around helping people to become stronger disciples. Everything we do, that's what we want to happen. When we realize we're spending time and energy here, but it's not leading people to grow as a disciple, then it's time to cut that. It's time to stop spending time and energy there. And so that is something that we want everything to be driven towards. Also, we want to give you opportunity to step out of your comfort zone. Your comfort zone is probably right where you are. I'm sitting, I'm hearing, I'm going, yes, go for it. Getting out of your comfort zone and having those conversations can be tough. Getting out of your comfort zone and serving in a place where you don't feel confident can be tough. Getting out of your comfort zone and leading when you really don't want to be a leader can be tough. But getting out of those comfort zones is where we experience the work of the Holy Spirit empowering us. Most of our musicians on stage will tell you that, whenever they started getting involved, they were scared to death. And though you know they, through getting involved and doing more, they've overcome that, and they are huge parts of what we do each week. So that is true for every area um, of what we do around here.
1: I think when you get out of that comfort zone, it gives the Holy Spirit more room to work in your life. You've kind of you've kind of put him in a box that you're comfortable in and there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to grow spiritually if you're not stepping outside that box. So I would encourage you to look at some of the things, some of the talents you feel that God's given you, and use them. Yeah,
0: yeah. A few other things that we would like to see in this is we like to to, to hear more testimonies. Um, we're going to give more opportunities for you to share some of what's going on within your lives. We all can celebrate that, and it, often what we're growing in leads someone else to grow. And so, over this next year, you're going to be hearing more testimonies from people here, and I'm going to be asking some of you to share that. Uh, I know that's out of a, a most, if not all, of your comfort zones, and I, I really hope that you will do that because it encourages and inspires others to do the same. And additionally, we don't want you just to serve in places where we have a need, but you hate it. We want you to serve where you're gifted. We believe the Holy Spirit gifts all believers with a spiritual gift. We want you to serve where you're gifted. Part of being a family is loving each other. Part of loving each other is serving each other. And part of serving each other is taking time for me to give to you and for you to receive. And then down the road, you give and I receive. We take care of each other. And so we really want to see that happen, and we want you to do that in the ways that you enjoy, even though there are some things. I'm not sure who enjoys cleaning bathrooms. I'm not sure who enjoys picking up trash. I'm not sure who enjoys some of the things that, go on to make it happen. I'm not saying that we're not going to ask you to do something that you're not going to truly love to do in your spare time, but we do want you to find a place where you do enjoy doing those things. And finally, another thing we need to grow in 2017 is we need to grow our leadership here. A church can only go where its leaders take it. And so many of you are coming from backgrounds where you have leadership experience. And so we're going to be looking to grow this in a number of ways. And uh, starting in this next month, we're going to begin having all-leader meetings where all leaders, wherever you are in any leadership capacity, you're going to have an opportunity to come together and hear where we are, where we're going, report on your ministry, share things that you need to make your ministry successful, and have others come alongside. Leaders have to be of the mindset, I'm here to help you with your ministry just as much as you're here to help with mine. We work together, we're a team, and that is one area that we definitely need to grow in 2017. The third area, um, connect, grow, the third word you're going to be hearing is go. Again, you guys have been so generous in your giving towards our Christmas missions offerings, and you do that every single year, but there is more to going than that. One of the things that we've talked about is building relationships with people that don't know Christ. Now, My guess is you already have those relationships. And so we're going to ask you to continue to invest in those relationships and invite them to come with you. We're not going to ask you to, in the middle of a business meeting, break out into the gospel. But we would love for you to invite them to come here and let us do that for you. You know, You may build a relationship with them. That that's that you in, in a phone conversation or over lunch or something you actually tackled that that's fantastic, but we want our mindsets to be that there are people that don't know Christ, and we don't want that to remain. We want all that we know, all that we come in contact with, to know Christ.
1: Yeah, we want you to carry that spiritual component that you're you're getting here on Sunday mornings and distribute that throughout your life through, through the things you're doing and inviting people, those people that you rub shoulders with where maybe it's at work, maybe it's in a, uh, you guys that have got kids, there's, there's lots of times you're going to sporting events and those sort of things, you know, and to just to share <laughs> with, with others and, and invite them to be a part of what we do here. You know, that's, that, that's an important aspect of the go part of this is, you know, Mark and I are marginally effective at that because we have a finite group of Friends and people we influence, and we can we can invite them, but it's much more effective when everybody invites and goes out and, and starts sharing what they're experiencing in life and and what spiritually is happening to them. When you start doing that, that's when we get to see other people come and be a part of this community, and that's that's what we're excited about because I already see it happening.
0: Right, right. Um, some additional things <clears throat> you're going to see some new tools coming out. Um, we are going to are working on a a way for you to view sermons through video in in addition to just audio, and that you can view them without having to have iTunes. We're going to need some more volunteers. We'd like to start broadcasting services uh, on Facebook Live in addition to having them recorded where people can fi- find them later. So we're going to need some more volunteers for that. If you're a techie and you like that kind of stuff, there's going to be lots of opportunities on the tech side of things coming into 2017. You can talk to Richard. Talk to Wayne. Talk to Jeremy. Talk to me. Whoever um, you know, get involved. We'd love for you to get involved.
1: Don't talk to me because, as you remember, a few Sundays ago, I couldn't turn the microphone on and off. So yeah, don't talk to
0: Scott. <laughs> Even that's what he does for a living. Yeah, but, this is
1: true. Hey, one thing you're talking about the website and things. I often have this question come up, including my own wife just recently started getting our emails because if you want to get our emails, be on our email blast. All that stuff. It's on the website. Go there, put your information in, click the button, and you'll start getting those things. That's how we communicate. Uh, we do a lot of electronic communication. And people have asked me, well, how do I get on that list? It's as simple as just going to our website at com, and you can find the link there to subscribe to our emails. And that, that's how you get to, to kind of be in the know about what's going on here.
0: Right. Um, and to, to kind of wrap this up, we also are going to be, to, we are attempting to start some life strategy courses this year, which means if someone needs help writing a resume, somebody needs help getting a job, somebody needs help with basic life skills, that we, have a, that, that we will be able to provide them with some of that help. Because if you don't ever need those things, you don't realize that some people struggle to know how to take those steps. And so we're going to, we, our hope is to provide those because they will appeal to many of those in our community. It's not going to be a bait and switch where instead we're going to preach them a sermon. We are in those pl- those courses going to help them with life skills and hopefully build relationships with them long term. We're also hoping to increase our opportunities with local schools. In 2017, a lot of churches are active in our community. And so sometimes the school's needs are already met. And so we're going to be looking for more ways that we can continue to help with our schools and be involved there and, uh, and, and also with missions. We've been talking for a couple of years about the desire to begin looking at an authentic mission trip. Whether we can do that in 2017 or not, that's what we're going to attempt, um, to begin looking at a a first opportunity for us to go and to actually practice this. The reason we don't do a ton of trips is because sometimes these trips end up being more for the people going than the people that are supposed to be receiving the mission. And sometimes it's just easier for us to send money. We could not... For seventy seven hundred dollars, impact what's going to be going on in nations or ten forty if we had to use that money for airfare and hotels and stuff for us to go do it for one week. Instead, we're funding them to do it for a long period of time. But we do see the value in us actually going and seeing and igniting our hearts for those things as well. So you can be looking for some opportunities that we're going to be working on there, and. Um, and I think that's it for the for the go stuff. Additionally, some things just I wanted you to know. In 2017, we are only going to to continue programs that are supported. That means if we can't get volunteers, if no one wants to help, and nobody brings anybody, we're just going to kill them. And it's not any kind of a show, not the people, the program. <laughs> yeah, uh, sorry. I-
1: Although the other does have quite a bit of potential. That's potential, <laughs> depending on the circumstance.
0: <laughs> and, and and that's not to say, not, that's not to be mean, and that's not to say it's not worthwhile stuff. It just means that that's not where our hearts are, and we're not going to ask people to donate lots of time and effort in something that there's not a need or an interest in.
1: And we don't want to burn people out in those, those roles, like we were talking about earlier, where they feel like, hey, it's me, I'm a lone ranger in this ministry, nobody will help me. That can be a very unhealthy thing, and we don't want to put folks in that position either.
0: Right. We are running out of space. Not evident this morning, but we are running out of space, and this is another thing that we're going to be looking at over the next year. Uh, And here, we're getting more and more full. Now, that's seasonal. Sometimes it it, it ebbs and flows. Right now, it's, well, today it's clearly ebbing, but mostly at this time of year, it's flowing. But on the
1: 23rd, it was flowing. We had seats
0: in the aisles. We had people standing. So... You know we are running out of space. We're running out of space in our children's areas. We're running out of space for a desire for having some groups here at Journey, um, and so there's only one way to get more space. It's it's either to occupy more of this building, which is an increased cost, or it means us looking at a larger space somewhere else, which probably means an increased cost now. We're not looking for a big building, nor do we want to spend lots and lots of money on a place that's going to sit empty most of the week. But we are going to be looking for ways that we can make people feel welcome. If you're here every week, you're probably okay being a little tighter. If you're a guest, feeling tight means I'm not sure I can handle this. I want all these people in my personal space. I don't know any of these people yet. So we are going to be looking at some of those um, opportunities about how do we deal with the fact that we're running out of space. Some of our kids' classrooms, most Sunday mornings, are too full. And we've got to deal with that. We can't just keep packing kids in and shutting the door and running. You know, we've got to have a realistic solution for that. That may be moving some classrooms, um, but we are going to have to deal with some space issues, which are wonderful to deal with, but they're also a little scary to deal with as well because a solution is often more than we want to undertake. Um, That being said, we do need your generosity to grow. So if you're not at least giving fifty percent of every paycheck, then I need you to. I'm kidding. If you're already generously giving, praise the Lord. If you're not giving, I would encourage you to find a way. I'm not asking you to take your uh, your electric payment and give it to us, pay your electric bill, but start looking for ways to be generous to the church. This is one of the ways we love each other. We meet each other's needs. Fine. If it's a, if it's one dollar, if it's a five, if it's a ten, if you build up over the next five years to where you're giving a generous gift, then do that. But we, we're never going to come up and say you're not giving enough. You know, I some of us have heard that before. We're not going to yeah. do that. But we do need our generosity to grow to meet these needs. And
1: We don't like to talk about that particularly. That's yeah, that's one of the areas we don't talk about often, and it's, it's and it is something that. It it is scriptural. It is part of the community. And to be part of that community, it is supporting the community. So we'll be maybe a little more straightforward with you on that. Yeah. Um,
0: The last two things I want to share with you is your excitement is contagious. We're supposed to get excited. Your excitement is contagious, though. And so a lot lot of times the things that we get excited about are the things we choose to focus our energy and our time on. We really need you to consider what God wants you to do in our community this year. If that's stepping up and getting more involved, then we want you to do that and we'll help you find that place. If that's becoming more generous, we'll help you find how to do that. Um, If that's inviting more people, then we want to just come alongside of you because that's our heart as well. But... That's often a choice where we focus our time and where we focus our attention. And it's hard to be excited about something if it's just something that we do here off on Sunday mornings. And we really want you to see this as a family that we are building into and that we need each other. And that was the second thing. None of these things can happen unless we work together as a family. Um, sometimes we're going to have disagreements. Like my, my wife is going to give me a hard time. I told her we were going to be short today. And yes. she's with kids right now. they my so wife's in
1: the nursery, so we're both going to have a miserable afternoon. Yes. I'm going to blame you. <laughs> so you'll probably blame me.
0: So that may help us, but I don't think they'll believe either one of us. Um, it can only happen as we work together as a family. Now, this is what Scripture tells us, and then we're going to sing a little song and go. Acts 1-8 says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. This is what we want to see happen in our church. The Holy Spirit empower us to take this out to the rest of the world, because there is no greater place to be in life than the center of God's will and God's word. And so we're so excited to have you along with us. I thank you for an incredible year. I'm so happy for the new new faces that have come along this journey with us, and for those of you who have been with us a long time. We're so thankful for you and excited about what God's going to do in this next year. All right? want to pray with you, and then we're going to sing, and, and then uh, we're going to go. Father, God, I—yes? Yeah. Thank you, Kathy. Absolutely. Thank you. And, and uh, by the way, like so many things, I, we didn't ask Kathy to do this. This was something God put on her heart, and then she involved us. That is how the church works, and so we're very excited about that. All right, let's, let's pray. Father, God, I thank you for the great ministry that you have done in our lives, our hearts. I thank you for the opportunity that we can truly have a relationship with you and that you have given us the privilege of letting other people experience that too. God, with all the changes that will inevitably impact many of us, if not all of us, in the coming year, Father, I pray that our hearts and our minds will stay focused on you and that we would continue to grow in our faith, grow in our love, and grow in our ability to go out and see other people experience it with us. We thank you for your love. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.